Right, ladies and gentlemen, good evening, good afternoon, good morning, whatever time it is that you're listening to this, wherever you're listening to it, I hope you're having a glorious day. We've uh, we've gathered for your audio pleasure, uh, or maybe your viewing pleasure, you might be watching such a delicious treat on YouTube right now, in which case, bravo. Um, we've gathered for you two uh, equally divine gentlemen who share uh, a fondness for uh, Sherlock Holmes and the practices therein. We're going to get deep into the discussion of their, <laughs> of their project that they've got working and why you should all check it out um, as well. But yeah, so guys, Dan, Mick, how you doing? It's been so long since we've actually hung out. Yeah, <laughs> man, how are you? <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Nice. Thanks, just... thanks for coming. Thanks for coming. It's, uh, <laughs> no, it's just it's... the way I speak. <laughs> yes so that's that's one minute and 37 seconds until the first dick joke was made record. outstanding <laughs> it is usually oh, adam to be fair yeah. the, no, crack on crack no. on but honestly it's it's lovely that's to get you both here um it's it's been such a it's been such a joy uh the the just these moments like because i've i personally step back as far as i possibly can from the mentalist community uh just because of my own personal feelings with regard to that so it's nice to see a, a couple of friendly faces gathered gathered in front of me uh, so how you been what you been up to i tell you what no actually first of all just because there are there are so many people here that might not actually know anything about you you know, and and why I've why I've gathered you here. There's there's people in the network that come strictly from psychological practices. We've got a few psychologists about. We've got a few behavioural scientists about that know nothing of the world of mentalism. So perhaps if you could just you know in your best um, alcoholics anonymous way, just just <laughs> just just tell us a little bit about yourself. Pass the hat. <laughs> pass the pipe. <laughs> but yeah, pass the pipe. <laughs> I had a hat somewhere. <laughs> Off you go, Dan. Oh, yes. <laughs> that's democracy for you, Dan. That's, yeah. that's, where, that's where that works, mate. Pretty much. You're going first. <laughs> I do have a smoking hat somewhere. Actually, I think it's at Mix. Uh, so, passed it earlier. Uh, uh, no. Hi, my name is Daniel Dorian Freak. I am a professional street performer from the northeast of England, uh, professionally a sword swallower. But for a long time, I've been creating and performing mentalism and um, creating pieces, ideally for my own personal use, but eventually to release to market so other people can learn them, use them, change them, see what they can do with them. Um, um, bit of a fuckwit, to be honest. Uh, I just kind of, <laughs> I, I fall through life uh, and just kind of see what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you did a tour in the uh, in the Ed Fringe, the last one that was opened in you. I remember, I remember seeing. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, yeah, I was. Uh, I've done Edinburgh Fringe. Um, I did my first Edinburgh Fringe when I was sixteen years old, and then <laughs> wow. Wow. I missed a few years, and then came back, and I've done two recently, and unfortunately, obviously, missed twenty twenty because of circumstance. Uh, and I'm dying for it to open up again. Uh, I recently did a tour of New Zealand. Wow. Uh, yeah. Um, got back just before the entire sort of global lockdown hit. Um, Jesus. I mean, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
so that was that was an adventure uh but yeah that's kind of that that's kind of my basic rundown amazing thanks mate cheers come on mr watson what say you well real name mick wilson i'm a joiner on my mother's side also from the northeast of england i dabble with mentalism close-up magic card magic don't really do coin magic and and i'm happiest um not being a professional performer stopping getting paid for doing magic was the best thing i ever did and it, it was successful when i was getting paid for it but i love jamming magic now i love coming up with ideas or as dan just said taking other sitting with people and listening to what they're saying because i'm i'm a stickler for detail and I, i'm a real believer in emotional hooks so i want to try and get as much of that out of stuff i want to make stuff as interactive as possible um it's all about very anti-tada i suppose mm. um and like dan you know i tumble through life and as some wise person once said <clears throat> you, sh- you should not be settled in a grave quietly you should skid into it sideways screaming now that was a hell of a ride <laughs> <laughs> that's that's cool that is cool. That is that is cool. I I can I can speak from a personal uh, personal uh, investment that for you guys listening, um, their humble and somewhat self-deprecating nature does nothing uh, to uh, give you an honest uh, replic replicant of of what their performing qualities are actually like. You know, having uh, having I've not had the joy of uh, of seeing Dan perform live, but watching many of the videos over the years, I'm fascinated as. F- by what by what the man does and uh recently mick you did your you, you did your totem reading thing for me over the phone which I was did, yes. which, which was not too long ago that was that was just some incredible stuff so we'll, we'll, what we'll do is we'll start off with with the elephant in the room first of all before we look at your actual project no no that's a very that's a very <laughs> cruel way to refer to him <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to go make a full Sunday name, but not the elephant in the room. <laughs> well, I sorted out it's a rabbit. <laughs> it's, it's, all four of my eyes are terrible, mate. I, I, that's that's not a believable excuse. You've got I, more I, eyes than I've got here. <laughs> <laughs> Evidently, I saw but did not observe. <laughs> so, uh, the, the real question, first of all, is: is uh, why, why Sherlock? Why, why, why does he, as a character, or he as a as a, as a folklore entity, hold hold levels of interest for you guys in what you do? Well, for me. Uh, the one thing that stands out for me was Sherlock Holmes. And I'm not as sort of like good at remembering the names of the books and the titles of the, each individual story. But there's a great story where he walks away from seeing some writing on the wall. And he goes through this whole thing of describing this person to Watson. And he says, oh, that's great. He says, but you can't know the height. That's a right load of rubbish. How did you get that? And he says, well, write something on the wall in front of you. And Watson does this. And he said, figures out the size of the four. And that really stuck with me. Yeah. And then my second favourite thing that really always stands out for me is the second stain because it's so simple. <laughs> it's yeah, brilliant, it isn't it? Mind, even when you start reading it, you don't think, oh, it's a rug, you could turn it round. Spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but it's, it's 
th there's actual value. It's the fact that Conan Doyle, all joking aside, Conan Doyle thought of it to write it down. Mm. Yeah. So it can be done. And yeah. over the years that you've put into practice, bed, you've shown that it can be done. But it was sort of like through Sherlock Holmes and observational stuff. While I don't personally go to it to the degree that you do, I do use it massively in a reading context. Yeah. It, you know, Sherlock, I wouldn't be doing the readings I'm doing if I hadn't have started reading Sherlock when I was like nine years old, to be honest. That's ace. That makes me feel so warm in my cold tin chest. <laughs> so... <laughs> The swinging break is speeding up. How <laughs> <laughs> about yourself, Dan? Uh, for me, um, what, I suppose outside of things like um, Basil the Great Mouse Detective, my first real exposure to Sherlock was um, when I was ill off uh, school, I think around about year six, and was just hanging out with my mum for a week, and she religiously watched House. Nice. So I got really, yeah. really into House and then uh, eventually found out. Obviously, I was aware of Sherlock Holmes because yeah. we're, we're all blessed with that knowledge since we're zygotes. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> um, uh, after um, going through House and finishing everything that was out at that point and then finding out that it was loosely, well, not even loosely, it, it was just adapted from Sherlock Holmes, went yeah. back and um, started finding what audiobooks were available at the time mm. and going through them. And then later on in life, when I was 16, I was on a two-week um, trip with the Explorer Scouts to Switzerland. Nice. And one of our excursions was to Reichenbach. Oh, and we, yeah, we visited the falls and um, going up there and seeing and um, the first stop on that sort of tour that they took you on was um, kind of this shrine to Jeremy Brett and the Granada production for wow. filming so much on site. Yeah. Um, and you got to see things about like um, the pilgrimage that one of the groups in London makes there every few years and stuff. And um, walking down out of the falls and into the small town that's there and um, looking around, they've built an entire uh, economy based off the back of um, a made-up person not dying there, <laughs> which, which is amazing. I, I wish I was that smart. Right. And then um, turned around and looked at some of the street signs uh, on there. And um, one of the things which was outside the little museum was um, Arthur Conan Doyle, born May 22nd, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, cool. They're doing something on my birthday. Wait. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. It's the mini hound. <laughs> yeah. <Aww. laughs> that is Bella. If she could bark through scream, I'm sure she would. Oh. oh, Bella, beautiful, beautiful name. She's a, uh, gem. She's a what? Sorry, she's a gem. She's a gem. Oh, oh bless her. I'd, I'd, uh, I'd, I'd she's got my two. Bit... Go on. Sorry, she's got a bit of a hue on her right now because of the laptop screen. So I'm pretty sure she's a blue carbuncle. Right. Hey. <laughs> That's what you can expect from this interview, guys. <laughs> Just littered with puns of a really nation. Really stretched puns. Yeah. <laughs> I'll and get it, me caught. 
(laughs) (laughs) Incidentally, guys, for those that are listening uh, live uh, from the network now, if you have any questions, any comments, any iterations, don't stand on ceremony. Just jump in, add them in, and if I find an opportune moment, I will will put it to the chaps uh, more directly. So I, the, the reason I asked that first of all is to get an understanding of of how readily he does or does not feature uh, with within your own respective lives. You know, it's 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 a part of growth, uh, as 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 you say, Dan, as as a literary literary growth is of of English people. Holmes is injected into our blood, much like tea and Coronation Street. Yeah. Uh, at, at certain levels, right? You know, yeah, it's, yeah. whether you like it or whether you don't, you at least know of it. You at least could talk about some of the characters. You you could at least do that. So, yeah. why why the why the choice to bring him or at least acts aspects of the novels or his him as a character? Why the choice to bring them into your performance work? Humanity, I think, because Holmes was quite. He was quite aloof and he could never be wrong and he would never admit when he was wrong. Side of Holmes and and, and disre- disregard the aloofness. It's almost yeah. like without a clue, except I'm not the clueless actor. I'm an actor doing sort of like this investigative thing, but I'm trying to teach people as we go. Yeah. Type of thing. It's all about that journey of talking to people. Even when I do my readings, as you experience, Ben, it's like, I talk to you, I don't tell you things, I don't ask you questions, but I sort of like make statements while I'm doing my magic and I want people to interact with me, but I like to be able to tell people things that are matter of fact when mm. they're not really matter of fact. Because mm. if you tell them some truth, they accept the untruths or the half-truths if you say it with the same amount of conviction. Nice. You know? It's, uh, I think it was Andy Nayman said on the Get Nayman DVDs when he was interviewed by Mark Paul, put 10% of the truth in everything you do, minimum. And, you know, it, it's hard to feign, like, sincerity, I think. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you believe what you're doing, then it comes across well. But it's the confidence of Holmes, you know, it's that outright confidence. Um and just the ability to be able to sort of like just do something which shocks people. Yeah. Where they're sitting there going, how, how can you know that? But if yeah. they have the gumption to say, how do you know that? You can tell them. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's like an, about. Like, an Go on, sorry, Ad. That, that's kind of what, like, what I love about Sherlock Holmes when you say it's humanity and stuff. I'd love to see if they then wrote a story or made a film where he was wrong at every point factually but like you say conviction if he completely <laughs> just sold the lies as truth would people just buy it because he is sherlock holmes yeah <laughs> or buy into that aloofness and just be like well we're not going to question it he's sherlock holmes yeah people do that too much with politicians nowadays yeah true. <laughs> <laughs> how about yourself dan uh, for me personally, I've always um, almost accidentally fallen into the character of the eccentric smart ass. I like um, yeah, and so when like I first really started paying attention to mentalism a little over ten years ago, so around about the time when BBC Sherlock um, yeah. was 
uh, it had just come out and was becoming really, like, really big. So it was kind of a natural progression to look at that character and figure out little points that I liked from it that I could emulate, little things that I didn't like that I could eke out and build a character off of that rather than um, just doing what everybody else at that time was doing and just trying to be Darren. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Darren is a great person to be, but um, when you're on a date with somebody and you're trying to be Darren, it, it doesn't it doesn't it doesn't play well you know you can't be darren all the time no um but you can be a facsimile of uh facsimile excuse me of sherlock some of the time absolutely yeah so um (laughs) no keep going yeah uh so um i started pulling on that and over the years like when i was younger it was very much that character and over the years um of learning more about the canonical Sherlock and learning more about myself. I've softened the edges. I've pulled things back uh, where they needed to be, not as overt, not as obvious, mm-hmm. and regressed it into a nice, um, fairly approachable character that still has a little bit of bite to him. Mm. I like that. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I love that. I, th- I think what 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 I love the most about both of your guys' points is that from somebody who looks at Sherlock on the surface. You know, they get presented with this cold, calculating, unbelievable reasoner of evidence and information and never mind with people because they slow you down. But from from both of you, the, the character qualities that came over is of a humanitarian nature. And that's that's what I love the most about about Sherlock um, as as a as a person, as a as a character, as a whatever you want to call it. Right. That he he for 90 percent of the time he understands people better than most empaths pretend to Mm. and that's that's what i feel is is a truly relatable quality uh about him he 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 has that sort of aspirational element that god wouldn't that be cool to be that switched on to everybody else oh yeah Massive. Yeah, kind of guy who would just sort of go, I know what all your problems are, and I know mm. your feelings, and I'm willing to put up with them, but I'll help you regardless. <laughs> hey. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I think it's a, it's a eccentric nature as well, like the appeal of it has kind of gone a bit. Uh, it's if anything, it's got more appealing as time's gone on. Like you look at what BBC did with Sherlock. Uh, bringing him into the modern age and that attitude that he had that sarky nature but the kind of like sociopathic nature he had a very matter of fact very direct was more appealing uh as we've sort of seen him be reinvented yet he was the same sort of person when they were doing him in the 80s and or the 70s and you know like previous iterations of him and stuff like that and it just shows that as time's gone on that's that's more if anything more more appealing but something no matter how much you change sherlock that's what remains of him, that eccentricity, that kind of thing. And I think that's that's part of his core, isn't it, really? So I appreciate that if as long as people still recognise that and you guys still recognise that, that's something that's sort of like it's an invaluable asset. I think in anybody. 100%. Yeah, definitely. Hundred percent. Hundred percent, mate. Like that that kind of control over yourself. You know, if if you've ever had the experience of being so unbelievably pissed off and you don't know why, or you want to break the level of just being sad, and you know, yeah. to have that kind of control over this, 
to be able to channel what you do in every single foreseeable scenario is 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 awesome you know yeah. it's psychologically yeah. helpful at times yeah. but the, the, there's a question popped up chaps and i'm gonna i'm gonna drop it yeah. in now because that okay. it, it it directly it directly addresses exactly why you're here and um it is this how can i get a mentor to help with my mentalism i want to approach mentalism like homes and ultimately create mentalisms without the aloofness of an armchair mentalist, which he has been, but he knows the experience of impressing people with magic. So before we address the uh, the mentor aspect itself, just tell us a little bit about the project that you guys are running and where people can find you to, to get involved, that sort of thing. Over to you, Dan. <laughs> yeah, great. Uh, I am the one that sorts out all the back end, aren't I? Um, so we have started... <laughs> <laughs> mm. we've started a project um on facebook called the mental effects of sherlock holmes if you're part of any of the sherlock holmes uh, fan pages on facebook i've dropped it in a few of those um i think a couple days ago i dropped a post about it um but yeah it's that the mental effects of sherlock holmes and the project mm. if you break it down to its core it's a way of me and Mick not going absolutely insane um, over the uh, <laughs> lockdowns. That's pretty much the main impetus behind starting it. But um, we've managed to build it up into this thing that's just about to start. We're just on the cusp. Like next week, everything like really hits the road and runs um, of using this small community that we've built and the... Um, uh, inspiration, uh, drawing on the home stories to, as a group, create mentalism and create um, pieces of performance that can actually be used. I, I say as a group will create, uh, me and Mick will create based on what people want uh, to have. But, um, God, I'm rambling. Am I? I ramble. <laughs> I do. I ramble quite a lot. Uh, the essential structure of the piece is every month uh, we're going to have a main episode where me and Mick will watch through um, one of the episodes from the BBC Sherlock series. We're starting with the Sherlock uh, BBC series because it's digestible. It's um, small and easy to get through. Hopefully next year we'll get on the Granada series, fingers crossed. Um, and yeah... <laughs> and each episode is just going to be us talking about what we like, what we don't like about the episode, what we think could be improved, interesting little references that we spotted. And at the end of the episode, me and Mick are each going to pitch an effect based on something from the episode. This could be a core theme from the episode. This could be a line of dialogue. This could be an interesting lighting change that we spotted. Probably not going to be the lightning changes. That's a bit abstract, but it would be interesting <laughs> to see if we can find something in there. Um, and then we uh, want you guys to vote on what you want to, uh, which effect you would prefer to see developed and written up into a full piece. And that at the end of that block of episodes, so the Sherlock series, we will release all of the, um, that would be 14. Yeah, 14 episodes. Yeah. That's yep. that's a lot of stuff. Yep, that would be 14 effects all written up. Um, I want to do it as a leather-bound book, but it will... 
We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens with that. I really want to do it as a leather bound book. And um, we'll re- release those to um, everybody. Anybody that wants it can uh, go ahead and get it. Um, that's the main episodes. In between those, we're going to have what I'm calling the consulting episodes, which uh, is a lot like what you guys do and have people in from the world uh, and chat to them for a little while. And mm. in between the main episodes and the consulting episodes, we are having uh, two irregular episodes a month, which will um, either just be me or if Mick's free um, on that week, it'll be me and Mick just kind of chatting shit and loosely weaving it into uh, into <laughs> canon, I guess. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. That sounds like such a such a way to pour my molten nerd over. Like that's just that's that's just the fact that you called it consulting episodes that just made the, my the little inner child do a tiny little backflip. That was just that was just great. <laughs> it was brilliant. <laughs> it was either going to be consulting or consultations. Mm. <laughs> you made the right choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love that sort of stuff. I love how people take, um, like Sherlock today, and will make sort of like out of the box kind of things like that. And so it's cool, like you guys are doing something that you're calling it like the consultation sort of thing. So in a way, like making it canon, uh, I think was that is the future of Sherlock. I think it's the fandom into it. It's people who love it and will take it and make it their own. And that's that's what like you're trying to do, isn't it, Ben? That's mm. with with Sherlock yourself and sort of do mm. something. And we're trying to make something a little bit sort of like uh, not just a tribute all the time, but something that's of our own. And is that mm. the same for you guys? Is it something that is connected to Sherlock, but is equally not just sort of a tribute to it, but more of your own sort of thing? Is it your work that you could then spawn off into doing different things? Do you think this is like a seed, so to speak? I think so. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I, I, Definitely. yeah. Um, I know you guys, at least from an outsider's perspective, um, viewing your work, uh, I, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like you guys are trying to get as close as you can to um, genuine Holmesian abilities. I, I know, Ben, you definitely yeah. are in um, yeah. at least yeah. most aspects, whereas yeah. we're definitely focusing on finding the most entertaining ways to fake them. Um <laughs> but and, um and, and utilizing actual ones from within the books, you know, it's like yeah. yes. elements, for example, the writing, you know, I'd come up with ideas for like they've done living and dead tests, you see, you know, take yeah. the bed right on the board, but then either side of it do such and such. Now, if you have six different people stood on stage of different heights, once they've mixed the boards up, you know whose it is. Yeah. You know what their name is because they've wrote it in front of their eyes. Yeah. Love that. See, so if, if you sign up that kind of thing, it's that's the kind of inspiration, you yeah. know, and that's what I'm looking forward to. Sorry, I totally cut you off there, Dan. No, Sorry. no, no. But, but yeah, it's, that, that's the kind of thing that we're hoping to get, you know, and Dan sort of like, you know, you said about the lighting, you know, it could be something as small as that. It could be ridiculous. Yeah. You know, it could just be one thing. And what I love about Sherlock, I think Dan, Dan, as Dan said, he sort of like set this up and sort of like says, would you be interested in doing it? And I think Sherlock was a great start because essentially Sherlock is Mark and uh, what's his face taking elements of several stories and melding mm. them into an episode. Mm-hmm. 
and sort Moffat. of like tweaking the title, Moffat and Moffat. And yeah. tweaking, tweaking the title, you know, because um, I remember when it really took off when when the next series come along, I think it was the second series. Um, I'm with the band and asking the daughter, it'll feature this, it'll probably feature this, 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 and this. Mm. Because it was elements of the Norwood Builder was in there, but about the only reference to the Norwood Builder was the uh, the bonfire, yeah. you know. But you could see where the references were, and that's yeah. what I love about it. It was fascinating to see how they would take it, and me and Dan are hopefully going to do the same from a magic point of view. Yeah. Can we yeah. take the elements? It's a good way of putting something new to it, isn't it? Then you're not sort of like any. I suppose you could repeat the stories over and over and over again. But if you're doing your kind of like thing and then sort of doing a little spin on Sherlock itself, and like you say with Gators and uh, with Moffat, they sort of just changed a few words around for the episodes, but it worked fantastically. And sometimes if it's it's like ingenious, isn't it as well? Like if you jump onto something like that and it makes sense and it references, but it also sort of uh, does something unique for yourselves it's even better isn't it because then you've reinvented it which is i think what we're all looking for yeah i mean the end product might not look anything like to the outsider they might not get any kind of sherlock reference whatsoever to it but we know yeah where it's born from we know its roots where it stems from it's a great i think it's a great first stone to step on for a journey into an effect you know it's like I've, it's just dawned on me this very second, Dan, actually, we've been promising to um, create an effect uh, in memory of my wife, you know, without getting to a modeling. We wanted to yeah. do an effect that was totally connected to Teresa. And I think we could use utilise the Sherlock Holmes thing and maybe it's a clue to us type thing or something. But that effect might be born out of this now because yeah. we never really got mm-hmm. anywhere with it. But as hey. Worst thing that can happen is somebody go very sure lucky in your type of magic result. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How sad for us. I mean, yeah. <laughs> and mix, mix right. Like there might, I, there's definitely going to be people that won't understand, uh, like recognize it as being anything Sherlockian. I, I dare say most people, but I have, I haven't even told Mick this yet. It was going to be my own personal challenge to see how long I could get it without him noticing, but screw it. <laughs> um, for each of the performances or the um, suggested scripts, I'm going to try and uh, sneak in a line of dialogue um, from the original canon um, into each script. So Yeah, that's, that, that, that's great. I love that kind of thing. Yeah, that'll pull out the hardcore fans as well then. Absolutely. Anything that has a good story behind it as well, like there's got to be some sort of emotional attachment. Sometimes, like anything can be uh, like good, but it's better if there's something beneath it. Like the stories that made it what it was are sometimes yeah. what make it what it really is. And it's later yeah. on down the line when people have figured out your references and asked the questions of where did it come from, then it'll sort of like kick off even more. I reckon it'd be like I think that's sort of where you get the interesting stuff then it's like well what made you do you think of that or like what was that a part of and like you said with you like you want to attach it to the memory of your wife it'd be sort of like something like oh well you couldn't have seen that before but maybe now looking at it it's like it means something else and when people see that it just it takes it to a different level i think yeah yeah that's it you know and it, it's like there's there's something the, the beauty of it is it's just dawned on us there's, we're actually telling the story of what we're doing. It actually yeah. has a backstory, and we haven't 
And this is just something we're doing in life when you go, hang on a minute, there's a backstory to this real life event. It's like, it's, it's what's mirror and what you Yeah. Very Christopher yeah. Nolan. He is <laughs> <laughs> man layers and layers. It is important um, to uh, recognise as well. I, for me personally, one of the things I hate about mentalism the most, and trust me, it's not an exhaustive list, <laughs> is um, most mentalism that you see being released to the market today. You're very rarely going to see anybody perform it and feel like they have an actual interest in it. It's one of my favourite... Yeah, it's just a trick. It's just a thing that I'm doing. Here, uh, name a time, look at my watch. <laughs> uh, I, I, yeah, exactly. And <laughs> I, I've always um, tried personally to strive to make the subject matter more important than the effect. Yeah. If, um, totally agree, Dan. Totally yeah. agree. Not to toot my own horn, but um, false memory is um, one of my, I want to say baby effect, but that's not right. Uh, flagship sort of tricks that I've been doing for absolutely years. And the, I think at least 75% of it is just talking about memory. Brilliant. It's is this something that. that you've released, by the way? Uh, yeah. Um, false memory is the last trick on my five trick DVD, uh, which is called Mind Over Matter, available from mindeffects.com or uh, Michael Murray's There you go, guys. <laughs> website. Google, Google, Google. See you in a few minutes. Once you yeah, all the it's uh, Daniel Dorian Johnson. Uh, just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all of my mentalism is very affordable. Great effect because it fulfills all the criteria we're currently talking about, hmm. you know. And it's got that lovely thing. We there's a couple of ways of looking at false memory. There's a reason it uh, fits all the criteria. I'm the one that wrote out the criteria. <laughs> Yeah, but no, but I'm saying, though, it's, it's very easy to throw a dart at a barn and then paint the target, isn't it? Yeah, but the thing is, though, Dan, it's the, the beautiful thing is, if you look at it as a magic effect, then the structure has a particular value. As a, as a magician, I would look at it, or as a mentalist, I would look at it and go, oh, yeah, you've done that because that prevents them from questioning do this you know you go through mm. and you say oh you took this card from here and you placed it here do it again then mister like immediately like do it now but then you stop that by going 24 36 42 49 yeah. you then do so, produce these aces just oh, for anybody that hasn't seen the effect um essentially the bare um knuckles um uh description of the effect is uh, a deck is shuffled by the audience um a card is removed uh memorized by a spectator that's the key card that will be used later return to the deck it's then shuffled again the deck is then memorized uh they take the uh, memorized in under 45 seconds is my general goal after that um they take back their deck and move their um what did i say before um key card yeah, demonstration card. Yeah, move that to just anywhere else in the deck. And in uh, spreading it on the table, I then instantly sort of visually locate their card. And um, without looking at the deck again, I just call out three other numbers. So say they had picked the four of spades. I would just call out three other numbers and then no dodgy moves, no 
um, false deals, nothing. It is literally as it's dealt, deal out the cards and separate the numbers that I've uh, called out. And those are the matching fours. Nice. Bravo. That's and that's the awesome. and yeah. the actual memory is a piece of piss. Uh, the actual <laughs> method, even the actual, literally. I, I'm not going to do the effect, but literally, if you can do this, you can do the trick. <laughs> Outstanding wow. work, sir. Outstanding. Yeah. Well, I, with I, regards to method, that you can look at it from two ways without t- mm-hmm. revealing the method itself. Mm. You you can look at it as a magician, or you can literally take it and go, I'm now going to kind of explain the method to the audience, yeah. <laughs> but not actually explain the method to the audience. <laughs> the magician has a proven thing to prevent him being caught short. Mm. That's the re- revelation of the other three matching cards. But yeah. as a Sherlockian performer, or as a, a mind person performer, as a piece of memory or whatever, it's like, and this, 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 and this, just just to put the icing on the cake. You just change your <laughs> attitude with it. You know, it. Uh, that's what I love about it. You know, and and beat you to it. We're not going to like too much gear, but beat you to it has a very similar quality. You know, that's it's a effect on the DVD. But it's, that's it's really yeah, I that yeah, that's the first effect on the DVD, and um, I guess that would be if Sherlock Holmes was a dirty old man. <laughs> It's it's a card revelation I'm working on, script. I'm working on it. Uh, yeah. It's a card revelation script, but it's from that. It's a little bit of that ilk. Um, nice. I like it. I, I like the. Um, no, let me. How do I phrase this first of all? So, why why I'm I'm I'm, I'm trying to ask the question without enforcing my own opinions on it. <laughs> so, um, why why do you think he's his qualities? Are, are so important to the performance of material of a mental nature. Right. I've thought about this an awful lot. I'm not quite sure yet that I can um, describe it as um, uh, as concisely as I'd like, but the easiest sort of parallel that I, I can think of is if you look at most of magic, like uh, coin magic, card magic, stuff like that, if you were to translate that into um, film genres or mm. uh, literary genres, most of that would fall very heavily into uh, fantasy. Okay. A lot of that, especially the visual stuff, would fall into fantasy. If you look at mentalism, it predominantly falls into mystery or detective. Uh, I like it. Occasionally yeah. falls into horror. Yeah. Um, <laughs> True. <laughs> and who is the greatest um who is the greatest example of all uh, mystery detective who is the shining star really the archetype for the modern detective it's sherlock mm-hmm. of course it is. so having that archetype behind what you're doing what you're pushing as um not even like a core character you're not performing as holmes or at least mm-hmm. i don't know anybody that does perform straight as homes but having that archetype behind you can add a really good foundation for everything you're doing mm. brilliant if that makes brilliant. sense like you wouldn't walk out um if you were in the middle of venice and you happen to just pick up a mask and walk out in the streets and start acting if you were just do that off your ass 
yeah. um, just with no prep, no nothing behind it, you're going to die a death. If you do it with knowledge of the Commedia dell'arte, of um, Zanni, Zanita, El Doctoro, and all those sort of classic characters, you're mm. going to be able to go out and build a piece of work that people want to watch and enjoy. Do you find it difficult to, um, or do you find it not difficult to kind of inject the archetype into your to your life as a whole? Does it, is it something that you just turn on and off for when you're sort of like doing your entertainment or is it something that you're always thinking about? Is it something that you inject into to more than just this side of stuff in your life? It's all the time for me because yeah. bringing up two kids, you become a kind of a Sherlock-type person anyway. You know, I mean, I'd better pound to a pinch of shit to uh, everybody's had that. How the hell did me dad know that? <laughs> you know, are you walking the house, man? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were in the park, and you did that, and you're like, but no, I was. I was only me and Bob there. How does she know? <laughs> How does he know I'd eaten the chocolate ice cream? <laughs> you know, parents have this sort of like sixth sense, and I think, I think you know, Larry Becker made some great sort of like presentation stuff so i've got effects where i say you ever had that moment where uh the phone rings and you know just you just know who's there mm. and the minute somebody turns around and goes yep right you're mine because you've just bought into reality so whatever happens i'm a, i'm attributing to that kind of thing and you've already agreed with me you've experienced it so i'm now replicating an experience that you've just openly admitted you've had mm. That's brilliant. Yeah. That's brilliant. Someone's just popped a question in, guys. I'm going to drop it straight in for you. How I don't know if you can see that. I don't know if I answered David's other question fully, but we'll come back to the... Um, I, I hope we did. Um, but um, how do I practice? Same as I do with my readings, just get people who are willing to just watch mm. just all your friends your family they will get bored they will if <laughs> it is you have to change something about something that you're doing to stop them getting bored so if i say i can only practice on dan think oh i'm going to steal this for dan for about the millionth time so while presenting it even though i'm just maybe tweaking a tiny part of the method the presentation changes because I'm trying to keep it fresh for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a as as sort of like being on the receiving end, me and Dan being on the receiving end of about four million uh, isolation tests. Isolation, of yeah. Um, you know, we've had them calls of. Um, oh, My mom is a trooper. Uh, nice. Oh, can, can I run this version past you? And you're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Happy New Year, Michael. Your phone is on the first of January. <laughs> you know? yeah. But yeah, it's like, and if there's if the guy saying, "Hey, his mom's a trooper," then you're lucky. You're lucky if somebody's going to go through with you. But what you'll find is, the more you do it, the more she may gain a little bit of unrealized knowledge, and she'll start questioning why you're doing stuff that you do, which makes like, you better. Like that. My kids are like that. I'll I'll do an effect, and Adam will turn around and say, "What was the bit in the middle?" I said, "Which bit?" He said, "Well, the bit in the middle where you were talking about this, this, and this." Oh, that's 
I'm doing that to try and sort of like get your mind to do this. You can't never even crossed my mind, Dad. You'd sold it by saying this. Just mm. that was it felt redundant. Yeah. You know, yeah, it felt like waffle. You know, yeah. so it while while they can recognize an elderly count if it's going down, they yeah. still don't know the rest of the trick. Yeah. yeah. You know, that the, there's that aspect just do it. It's the same with the readings, just find people who are willing to let to take part. Yeah. Yeah. And reward um, them generously. <laughs> pizza, booze, drugs, money, anything. <laughs> Good here, folks. That's what it takes to please people. Pizza, booze, money, and drugs. Why do you think all lighting is green? <laughs> <laughs> um if I, again i'm not here to um plug my own products or anything um but i the sort of mentalism that i create generally is very light on um audience participation the audience are an active member in what i do but the method uh, methodology behind it is never pushed directly onto that person and partially that comes from um, having things like isolation or um, pieces of propless mentalism um, done on me and me just not having the brain to keep up with the job that I'm supposed to be doing as a participant mm. and not wanting to push that onto um, an audience member. And part of that comes from um, not always having somebody to practice on and just having to go through the motions mechanically. Mm. So um, if you can... Uh, I, I'm not quite sure how many like method words you're comfortable us talking through, but you can talk with whatever yeah. you want, mate. Whatever you're comfortable with talking about, it's it's all good Sick. as long as it doesn't step into sort of awesome you know, so illegality. Darren, yeah, Darren Brown's lottery production. Now the way that's no and and and, and. <laughs> let's get sued. No, um <laughs> Like you can sit down in your um like in your kitchen and just practice center tear peaks or um acidus novus, or you can sit down and just randomly generate numbers and practice a magic square. Um and I'll be releasing uh, my magic square uh this week. Um nice. Hey, nice talking. Uh, no, that's um, with the podcast. So one of the things okay. to um, be able to keep the podcast running because it costs me money to do um, okay. is I'm just going to release any time that the well of um, petty cash for the um, project runs dry, I'll just release a YouTube video that you can buy the link to for £5. It's going to be no more than that because... I'm not going to make you sign up for a Patreon or anything. Screw all that noise. Um, <laughs> although, if the Deductionist podcast does happen to have a Patreon, please support them. They do amazing work. <laughs> I didn't pay him to say that, guys. I didn't pay him to say it. At least, and if you're it, feeling yeah, <laughs> and if you're feeling as if you've got a goal that needs to be broken, or you feel you could be better in your physical or mental health, there's also an app I believe that Ben touts every episode that can. Uh, <laughs> If during the actual YouTube video you seamlessly stream that straight into you. And now, ladies and gentlemen, a word from our sponsor. Do you struggle with the motivation needed to meet your goals? Tired of that same old routine with the same old music. 
Do you feel like you need hours to work out to make sure you smash your goals? Do you need help with your mindset to make sure that you stay on point every day? We want to have you become your own hero. Have you become your own inspiration. To take down every single challenge that you face. After all, who hasn't wanted to be superhuman at some point? A hero isn't defined by somebody who just does flashy moves. Or who can run faster than the speed of light or punch through walls. A true hero, a superhuman, is defined by somebody who in the face of a challenge pushes back. Somebody who knows that continual little steps towards their goal helps to take it down. A foe is only the sum of its parts. Somebody who, even when they think they might fail, keeps If any of this relates to you, you want to be your own hero, we have a program for you. Workouts inspired by your favorite heroes, meal preps and plans to help get you there, mindset coaching to make sure that that staying on point never wavers, to make sure that you understand that in the face of a challenge you have all the tools needed to keep it going, to smash it down, and a whole bunch more. So keep your eyes peeled for Hero. Very soon, you'll be well on your way to superhuman status. Now you might consider it a bit futile that I sponsor my own podcast, but there we are. I believe in what is collected within the app. I believe it can do some good for the world and I only want to share it with you. Check it out now for 30 days free before even a penny is taken. How much fun would it be being a superhero? Available on Apple and Android. Start your journey now. The black and white. I'm doing it. Like you, you are now introducing my, my little advert in the middle from now on. That's 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 a given. It's happening. I'll give you a sign off for it as well. Ben does think that it's a little bit redundant him sponsoring his own podcast, but needs most when the devil drives. <laughs> there he goes again. <laughs>
<laughs> what was I even saying? Yeah, you can randomly generate numbers and like sit and do a magic square um, until you run out of paper, or you can um, look up numbers in the phone book and try and um, figure out those digits as to your memorized deck of cards or something. Um, a lot of the core mechanics that seem to have fallen out of fashion in mentalism, which I think is a massive loss, um, are things that you can easily sit at home and just do. Yeah, double turning and business cards, stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, I, I think you've. I think that your your final two words there hit hits the 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 salient point of practice as it is. Just do. Yeah. You know, because you can you can get hung up on uh, you know what's right for this person, what's right for this scenario. You know, just, just... as you sit, the man. <laughs> see, he's a he's a not even a paid advert was made, and Dan's all over it. Come on, sir. Look, that's a signed copy. <laughs> <laughs> that's worth at least twelve pence on eBay. Just at least. <laughs> Possibly even thirteen if you get it postage and packaging. You know, you never. And know. you shouldn't be doing that because I lost a load of my magic stuff to a, a minor flood, uh, of which uh, there was far too many Ben Cardell products amongst it, <laughs> and the monographs as well. You guys, not a signed copy. Oh, oh you, I, I'll, 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 I don't know. That was going to sound incredibly douchey and like, oh, I'll send you what. No. <laughs> yeah ben i would hate if you did that <laughs> definitely don't send a hard copy <laughs> I, I i i definitely won't this, this stream stop, right? the stream stop. I'll, I'll, I'll definitely send it okay <laughs> and anything you can say including food <laughs> so what, what we'll do is we'll get two hard copies of the monographs one will be an actual book and one's hollowed out with pizza booze <laughs> drugs and the aforementioned links to all of the pleasant cake. <laughs> monograph cake, monograph cake. oh my god that would be amazing <laughs> oh man if, if I, you want bakery right pitching this now i don't know if you've had the idea already or not but pitching this now are the uh, deductionist um, convention? We've not thought about that, you know. A deductionist we convention with special headlining guest appearances from the mental effects of Sherlock Holmes stream. <laughs> it, it should be a thing. It should be a thing. Like, it absolutely should be. Last last time we were at um, we were at the BBC Sherlock convention, which. First of all, I, I couldn't get my head around because in that building they introduce us as people bringing the real Sherlock Holmes. You're like, ah. first of all, you know, pass me some fresh underwear because this is going to be a great day. Um, <laughs> it was it was absolutely incredible. But the, at the end of the night, we sat in the bar and um, we we were talking to Louis Moffat, so the guy that plays uh, young Sherlock uh, at, at the time. Oh, uh, we, he was having rum and coke or straight vodka. He was on the. He was on. Uh, I think he was on pints. Uh, uh, no, he wasn't. He was on red wine. He was on red wine um, uh, at, at the time. I don't know. Oh wait, sorry. Was. As in the film, Young Sherlock Holmes. As uh, sorry, uh, BBC Sherlock, the guy, the kid yeah. that played Young Sherlock. So he was grown up by the time. Oh, was he? Um, oh, right. I didn't realize he's an adult now. Right. Stephen. Yeah, yeah Steve, Stephen Moffat's son. So yeah. we're, we're in there, and I'm I'm doing some stuff. There was, a, I think it was my, uh, I've got my own sort of rock paper scissors uh, routine that I do, 
and he, he he squeals at the end of it, you know, you're a fucking god. And I was like, oh, stop, whatever. And then we turned around and like literally sort of this far away is is Stephen Moffat and Sue Virtue watching and we're like, uh, <laughs> um. You've got to think of that from Stephen's point of view. Yeah. <laughs> He's just seen his son waving hands at some beardy dude and then screaming, <laughs> you're a god. That's a grooming situation. That's what we were scared of. That's what we were scared of. Because, like, the, the, you know, you could talk about the whole thing of propless nature and all this, that, and the other, whatever. But I'm there essentially with nothing that indicates that any kind of performance is happening, right? As long as you didn't do PK touches. I didn't touch him, <laughs> honest. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so th that's what makes me think that things like um, a, a deductionist convention could be could be awesome you know i mm -hmm. i i often think of the trouble that the, that the network could get up to given how many weird and wonderful characters are contained within this page you know yeah. it, it, it'd be like oceans 403 already you're inspiring it because you know one of my favorite tricks on them like out there at the minute and i love performing it is as he wins um uh, uh not is uh Oh, I forget his name, not Assy Wind. But the, oh, I can't remember. But the, we'll go alphabetically. Bob Cassidy. Um, <laughs> is, a, is a firm favourite of mine, the Advocate Index by uh, Daniel Madison. Oh, Daniel, Daniel Madison. Madison. Yes. Yeah. And you just having this talk, I've just thought, you know, you could open a Sherlock type performance and just say, look, before we came here, I've decided to reverse a card in a deck somewhere in this room and i've handled everybody's deck but i want you to sort of like get somebody up do the trick you turn around what was the card you named oh look it's reversed in the deck and it's a regular deck or a different colored back or whatever you want it to be and you can turn around and then just simply finish by saying you know once you eliminate the such and such no matter what no matter how improbable then what you see has to be possible no matter how impossible. And you can do a trick just to demonstrate that line in the film yeah, or okay. within the dialogue of the of Sherlock Holmes. It keeps going everywhere, doesn't it? You know, I think it's just, you know, I, I hope I've gone into waffle mode now. <laughs> me, and, me and Adam were trying not to laugh at I've handled everybody's deck. I'm <laughs> 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 from New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> Great New Zealand, Dick Zealand. <laughs> yeah, with oh. regards to David, I think it was David asked the question with regards to mentoring. Yeah, um, just get in touch with people if you if you know people within your vicinity who. To me, it's about Joy. trust. Yeah, it's about trust. If it's people you know that you trust, fellow performers that you can trust, then. They're great mentors. They don't have to be fountains of knowledge or things. Like, obviously, if they've got a bit of history, that that does help. You know, if they're a little bit further up the road than you, then that will help. But you know, having somebody to judge what you do and be critical, you know, um, to question what you do. Um, but me and Dan are always around. You know, once the yeah. board, you know, the podcast is there to have. Uh, sorry, the the video, the mental effects is there for people to ask questions, and 
as you can tell from the amount of waffle on, you know, I mean, I've cured insomnia with talking. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm you also drop gold in between. That's that's what I love about your your waffles I, and, and Dan's as well. You know, it, it it's not waffle because once once you pay attention to the details, you're dropping in these little these little bite sized nuggets of oh that's fun, oh that's a great idea, or oh, that can lead to somewhere. So you know, at the end of the day, you're forcing your attentive practices yeah. for in terms of a deductionist relationship, but you're also creating you you are performers in whatever regard you want to call yourself or at its core that's that's what you guys do and mm -hmm. should be given room to be sort of wound up and then let go because it it will it will happen no matter what and that, that that's that's what i feel um uh, about mentorship is great the ability to have somebody that will just talk to you about about a single idea because that's going to light something within you and that's why you know you you guys should be joining this group if that's what your interest is the mental effects is created with that in mind you know that that community was the word that um that came yeah. up at the start from you guys and i think that's such an important thing because m mentorship um you know can can lead into things like uh, experts and being elevated uh, uh, higher than other people. I don't necessarily believe that the word expert should exist. It implies that you've stopped learning. So that's that's what I love more about communities and that you can learn from a ton of different people who can see the same thing in a ton of different ways, which is yeah. cool. Yeah. 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 And I think a good mentor will always ask you why, yeah. even if yeah. you know the method is sound. They would say, why have you done that? You know, it was, I first learned that when I was doing, um, preparing for a stage competition for Newcastle. And I was using the Austin stainless steel blindfold. And everything about the act, when I run it past uh, Kennedy, he says, everything about what you've done is sound. He says, I have one question for you. Why that blindfold? I says, well, because it's like, it was cheap. I got it. Set. He went, no, 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 no. I'm the audience. Why have you got that particular blindfold? Surely I could put tape on your eyes and do any amount. But so why have you turned up with that one? Answer that question for them. And I was like, that was my first experience of the, the the unanswered question in the you know the audience silent questions the audience ask in their head. You know, and it's like that kind of thing. And communities, what happens? And mentors will ask that all the time. Mm. Why? I do it with Dan. You know, it's like Dan will do it with me. Why, why are you doing that? You know, it's like recently I, I had a, a, a routine um, that was born out of a, a Michael Murray idea, which Stephen Young over in Holland refined, which I then happily took on as a comedy piece. Um, and Dan fell about laughing at it. And I says, the only thing I'm missing is the I introduction of this card. You know, I says it, it, it's just I'm lacking the introduction of this card, you know, and I need for, for context. This card needs to be introduced naturally because <laughs> it's the prediction, but it's you don't want them to realize it's the prediction just yet. Mm. Yeah. And I'm, I'm a great believer in making things invisible. You know, you go back a good few years to the late 90s, early 2000s. Luke Jameer brought out the three types. Yeah. Yeah. And. The one thing I learned from that effect was make things invisible. He wanted to make his focus was make the the billets that they answered the questions on invisible. 
you want to make the audience forget they'd ever written on them pieces of paper. And which itself, yeah, which itself is based on uh, an older Bob Cassidy um, teleconference that you paid your money to a subscription service via magazine, and then they gave you a phone number to call at this exact time so that you could hear the uh, lecture, um, which is uh, available from Penguin um, Magic Downloads, um, called um, Bob Cassidy Teleconference, uh, The Invisible Billet, and it gives you tons of different examples. Wow. Yeah, but it's like, I, I, I don't like to have this whole idea of, yes, I've got a stack of cards, and here's something we'll come back to later. Look, I want to get a prediction on the table, which you're going to notice it's there, or an envelope on the table, or whatever, but you want to be aware of it, but it's, like, out of my reach that I could never have touched it. You know, it's like when I do do an effect with the Advocate deck, I will do a card effect for somebody, I will then move around the table, and I will talk to the person. I'll say, I'll tell you what, let's just do something quick. Name any card you want. And they go, oh, seven of diamonds. And you say, right, okay. Now, oh, hang on a minute. I could have swore I turned up with a deck of cards. And the other person on the other side of the table goes, you left them over. Yeah, you plank. You go, sorry, pass them round. Now, I'm very momentarily going to touch them as I give them to them, of which I've done the dirty work. And I say, now, do us a favor. You named any card. Obviously, the, you know, I left them over there. I don't need to say anything. All of this, or you make me look on a tit. They've done all the explaining, explaining for us. All they're going to say is, well, he couldn't have put it in because they literally passed him around and he just went like that to me. So all of the backtracking evidence is there by virtue of creating an oops moment. Uh, <laughs> love it. <laughs> love it. Um, so that, that sort of brings me on to um, uh, a, a particular Sherlock-related question, but in, in a performance frame. A, a man who is infamous for solving that which seemingly cannot be solved right so i'm i'm curious to hear some some war stories about yourself so what's what's sort of been the most puzzling experience that you've had um performing wise and how 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 have you overcome it uh for me it was down at walker gate where i literally picked a card and forgot what it was <laughs> And I forgot what it was. Now, and I, I at first I was sort of like panicking and saying, "Now, obviously, you saw the card, just so you can't backtrack or lie about it. If you just tell everybody what your card was." And the Saturday went, "No, you find it." Shit. <laughs> you. Find it. Well, I tell you what, we'll come back to that. You're playing, you're playing hardball, and I basically had to do another card trick to then get a card wrong, which I could then change to their card because they thought it was long gone, and I got them oh, yeah. to talk about it casually. Nice. You know, they'd ex ex they, they were quite happy to think that I'd failed. But once I'd then finished the trick, I took the failure on the chin. I went, well, look, I'll be honest with you, I, I, it's not my cup of tea, whatever it was I did. But then I just did a snap change and chased it, whereas before, if I'd have been a good magician, I would have been able to take the card I've revealed for them, snap it on the deck, turn it into your card, which you picked earlier. And then so you've kind of recovered. So it wasn't about failure. It was about trying to make something the best out of what was there at the time. Yeah. So they did go, wow, but not mm. in the way I expected. Got you. Mm. Yeah. So the people skills got you out of it then, essentially. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like, as they say, in the trenches, you know, it's there yeah. in the trenches skills that, that kind of get you there. Yeah. What about you, Dan? 
Let me weave you a tapestry. <laughs> <laughs> Gather round and I shall tell you a tale. <laughs> so, about, um, I think around seven years ago now, I was performing at the Marriott Hotel in Newcastle. This was a small gig for a private function. It was low end of corporate. Um, and I'd only gotten the gig because somebody had seen me at an open mic and they happened to be the booker, so they got me in. And they asked specifically for um, the opening effect, which, to be fair, I always do, which is Tossed Out Deck. Mm -hmm. At the time, um, I was using Luke Jemais, uh, who we've mentioned before, a Tossed Out yeah. Deck, which um, I'm not going to break it down, but obviously it's a, it's a pretty heavily wacky deck of cards. Takes around about 40 minutes to make up a new deck. Like, and that's working at top speed, and it costs a fair amount of money as well, and it looks ratty as all get out. <laughs> that's fine. <laughs> um, but it's a really good effect, so it's worth it. It's worth all the work. And that lives on the top of my case. That always lives on the top of my performance case. So that's the first thing I see when I open up when I arrive at a gig. I arrived at this particular gig, got backstage, as um, chilling out, I know I've already preset um, my case the night before because I knew I was coming to do this gig, and it's a nice gig. So I've done. I've put the work in. It's about five minutes till showtime, right? I'll grab my deck of cards. I'll grab my pad, my pen, and um, my finale prediction. Always, pre I've preset all this stuff. It's fine. It's absolutely fine. I open up the top of my case, and there, sitting on the top of my materials. Instead of my 40 minutes worth of time, roughly 70 pounds worth of playing cards in a wrap uh, in a rubber band, is setting a brand new deck of bicycle cards with a post it note oh. <laughs> from my girlfriend <laughs> at the time. Um, says, I've, I've, I've killed oh. it now. It's, uh... <laughs> this story is not the reason that we broke up, but it's definitely a contributing factor. Um, and it said, I know this is a good gig for you, so I've thrown away that horrible ratty deck of cards and bought you a new pack. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. That's, that's the first five to seven minutes of my 15-minute set. Oh. The the booker has asked for specifically um, oh. for me to perform, so I um, I'm left with a regular deck of cards that I know I have to go and do a tossed out deck, and not just a tossed out deck. It's it's a really involved tossed out deck where like you've got two people up and uh, on stage, and they've both seen uh, a card, and then the deck of cards is tossed into the audience, and three other people have seen a card, and you're telling people exactly which card they've seen. That's not something you should be able to figure out how to do with a regular deck of cards. Oh, mate. Five oh. minutes. Jesus. Five minutes, and I squeaked out a very rough version of what uh, has now become SOS tossed out deck um, that has now been chiseled and actually worked through. Um, wow. Uh, well, it was five years of performance um, when I put it out on. Mind over mentalism available from mindeffects.com. <laughs> <laughs> As another story uh, with the um, tossed out deck, uh, with the SOS tossed out deck, where um, I, I accidentally, but also kind of by osmosis, blew up somebody's hearing aid. <laughs> um, 
now. Let me jump that in my head right now. <laughs> so the one thing that everybody does with a tossed out deck, it's just kind of accepted wisdom, is um, you have somebody catch a deck of cards and then you have them stand up and throw it to somebody else. And that's yeah. how I was performing it. But my tossed out deck is done in the box because rubber bands look cheap as hell and I <laughs> want to be paid money for my gigs. So I try and look nice. Um, uh, as well as the method kind of relies on it, but that's that's by the by. Um, it could be done without it. It could be done in the rubber band. I just prefer it in the box. Um, words. I was definitely saying words. There was lots of words there. Yeah, the hearing and, Yeah, thank you. And um, threw it over. This was in Sunderland, which is probably why it's gone wrong. Um, and it was a wedding, and it was a late, late stage spot. And so threw it out to somebody at a table. He um, goes through the process, peeks a card, stands up and says, and get somebody's attention and throw them uh, the deck. I've learned two very important pieces of information from this. One, always tell them to throw underarm. Oh. And two, make sure the person they're throwing to is aware that they're going to be catching a deck beforehand. <laughs> because what this guy did was, oh, Sheila! <laughs> and you know the matrix yeah that bullet time oh, i'm now God. watching this deck of cards rotate <laughs> through the air <laughs> as it destroys this poor woman's hearing aid oh my god and i just feel my paycheck get set on fire on back of stage <laughs> oh man Oh, so yeah. that's Shit. yeah. Uh, so those are all problems that I've had to solve. Uh, oh. There's another story that I can tell very, very quickly where I made um, a bunch of people. Uh, yeah. Um, has any of any of you guys done care homes? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it is a special circle of hell, isn't it? <laughs> yes, um, it is. To be to be fair, for the for the um, inmates isn't the right word. <laughs> um, <laughs> residents for the residents as well as the performers um, I had three gentlemen up on stage I was performing uh, Luke Jamey's Touching on Hoy mm -hmm. and um, I, I had deliberately picked three of the younger most able members of the residents that I could find just to yeah. try and be safe and there's um, one of the key moments in Touching on Hoy, um, which is kind of, it's not full hypno, but it kind of is full trance work, um, mm. false trance, um, in which you say, in a second, I'm going to count down from three to one. On one, I will snap my fingers and you will close your eyes. Are you, do you understand? Perfect. That's three, two, one. And all three of them simultaneously shout themselves. Now. <laughs> I do not mean received a fright and got a little bit upset. I mean, in unison, evacuated their bowels. There is no way. And that's the start of the trick. There is no way to keep performing after that. There's just not. Put the stuff in the case. Take care. All the best. See you Bye. Pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> wow. Like, I, it would have been an easier gig to walk away from had one of them died, to be oh. honest. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. What a review.
like they they were so amazed they all <laughs> soiled themselves out of sheer delight. That's Brilliant. wow. That is a very good way to spin that. I mean, I I used to work at a care home, and uh, basically, um, I've seen what they can be like. And uh, like, well, the the residents I worked with mm. went to real one time, and this poor magician, and he was on stage at this kind of like he was like you know like a little um, entertainment hut sort of thing they had going on there, and you knew as soon as he came out that he wasn't going to do well with the clientele that were before him because um, uh, some of the clients were very sort of matter of fact, like they point stuff out if it was obvious there, they could, they spoke their mind very clearly and often and some of them were just that away with the fairies, they'd be doing their own thing uh, during the act themselves. So this bloke's come out and he's he's doing the spiel and he's setting up tricks and stuff and instantly uh, one of them, who I'll call Deborah. Uh, she said, uh, she was like, uh, it's up your sleeve, it's up your sleeve, it's up your sleeve. And he's like, right, Deborah, do you want to have a look through this deck of cards? It's up your sleeve. It's, up your sleeve. it's just like, oh, no. And as a, as a care worker, he sort of sat there like, I know I can't sort of intervene, like pull her away as long as, as, long as she's not harming yeah. him. He's not harming her. There's, there's nothing you can really do. And I had another, there's another man called John who was with us who um, started, he, he likes basically copying what people are saying. So he then got pulled up as a volunteer. And this guy was like, do you want to know, can you tell me what's in this box, John? Can you tell me what's in this box? Yeah, can you tell me what's in this box, John? Can you tell me what's in this box? And it's like, oh, it's an Abbott and Costello sketch. <laughs> you see the magician sort of turning around and looking at us. <laughs> you just gotta, you just gotta write it off. I'll, I'll be hiding now for the rest of my career. That's, that's, that's what will be happening. <laughs> You know, I didn't. I didn't think it was relevant because it it was a, a kid's situation, and I didn't sort of like think it was trouble. But I learned a lesson, and my first real, not trouble spot, but I had to learn something there and then, which I took forward was when I did a kids party for some real juniors of about five, four, five, and six. Right. And I was doing hippity hop rabbits, so naturally yeah. hippity hop rabbits, and I do the thing and I turn them round. But yeah. when I turn them round in the swap sides and I lift them up, the kids just sat there and went, "Wow!" <laughs> they just bought it. <laughs> <laughs> he turned them back and he went back and they were like, "Wow!" <laughs> like minions. Like, oh no! I'm not going to get round this. But then what I did was, is I just thought, just put the tube on so there's like this much rabbit showing at the bottom and turn it round so they can visibly see it go from black to white. And they were like, hang on a minute. Hey, hey, <laughs> hey. Oi, oi, oi. It worked out better because you could see the moment of, like, I don't know, like, not disappointment, but the moment that caught you was, like, so much more enhanced. But yeah. then moving forward, I thought, well, I'm going to keep that for older kids as well. Because they, or even if they're sitting there going, I just turned it around, I'm not even going to prove it to you. I'm going to let you see what you think is happening is actually happening. So then when the red and the green rabbit turn up, it's even better for them because they definitely saw a black and white rabbit on both sides. <laughs> so it wasn't sort of like trouble, so, so to speak. I, I learned something from it, but it was that moment of, 
No, it's not real magic, kids. <laughs> Santa's <laughs> also not real. You don't understand. I'm shit. <laughs> That's the joke. <laughs> Which your three contestants took all too seriously. Um... <laughs> Outside of that, it's just normal things like having fireworks thrown at me. But hell. What? Jesus. Uh, you... You can't say that in such a cavalier manner. <laughs> oh, by the yeah, next next doors just blew up. What? <laughs> I I'm a street performer, and shitty kids have access to fireworks for some reason. Uh, um, so, uh, uh, yeah, a couple of years ago, I was doing a show. I've still got a video somewhere, um, and I was ramping up to the finale. Where after 45 minutes of talking about it, I finally swallow a goddamn sword. And um, yeah, all of a sudden I hear a whoosh, and this shower of lights comes out from the front row of my audience, which is where a bunch of kids were uh, and their families. And um, looking back on the video, what had happened is some little shit had um, sparked off a firework, thrown it into the middle of um, my, my circle, my area, and it had shot off into the front row. Nobody was hurt, thankfully. Um, but that was a good couple of hours wow. of chatting to the police afterwards. Yeah. Wow. Sob yeah. that. Yeah. yeah, no. Well, is is that just a Newcastle thing then? Is that what all the uh, the, the scallies um, are like? <laughs> on that very yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's just the junior schools then. <laughs> Primary man. <laughs> Them nursery kids got shanks. <laughs> oh, savage little gits. Now, guys, just before we uh, just before we round it up, we're getting to the hour and a half mark. Uh, just for those uh, who've listened live and who are out there listening in the ether now, thank you for uh, sticking with us so far. If you want to get involved in, in in, is it just a Facebook group at the minute, the Mental Effects of Sherlock Holmes, or is it other where other places as well? Uh, it's just a Facebook group at the minute. I wanted to try and keep it um, tight knit, condensed, just so I'm uh, for me, just so it's easier. Got you. Uh, got you. Kind of. So if yeah. if people want to get involved in that, that's the best place for them to go to. Yep, it's an open page. Uh, like and um, if you got the time, uh, just because we're trying to generate a little bit more um, interaction with the actual community that we're trying to build, um, pop up a little post about um, Mickey suggested uh, your favourite Sherlock Holmes story and why you like it. Great shout! Great shout! To that end, then we shall finish with the eternal question. And uh, bear in mind, there is a correct answer. <laughs> Who 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 who's your favourite Sherlock? As well, in act, as in actor that's portrayed them. Well, I know fine well that you want me to say Jeremy <laughs> Brett because, as I've heard on every episode of the podcast so far since your good uh, fiance finally said yes, um, <laughs> you are going to be married at the place where they film the Hound of the Baskervilles. Um, we actually got bad news about that today. Uh, by the way, they've uh, oh no they've, way yeah they've they've gone under so they're 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 selling up. <laughs> Got yeah. network network <laughs> pull together by the venue. <laughs> yeah, if everyone chucks in a fiver, we should we, then, we should be fine. Because <laughs> then, because then, that's where we can hold the deductionist convention. Yes, done. 
Yes. Done. I like it. I like it. That's 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 happening. <laughs> Sweet. But go on. Uh, who, who's your favourite Sherlock? Stephen Fry. Nice. From the audios. Yeah, yeah. from the um, Audible. Um, it's not Audible originals, but yeah, from the Audible collection of um, the uh, canonical stories. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. I, I, to I, be fair, we've not had that as an answer so far. I am aware of that. <laughs> he's, he's sat through all of the episodes suffered all of the therapy as a result <laughs> and is now resplendent with dick jokes <laughs> but no, i know i see what you're saying there's there's something about um fry's uh fry's Fry's tonality that certainly creates yeah. uh, a level of difference in how he does Holmes versus, you know, how many people might associate him with Mycroft because of the films, right? He yeah. can draw that difference between them. Uh, for me, I just love, because um, I'm quite badly dyslexic, um, so I grew up listening to Stephen Fry reading the Harry Potter books, which, despite how absolutely wretched the author is, is an amazing body of work. And yeah. trans lives are human rights. Tough shit. Um, uh, it's an amazing body of work. It's an amazing world. So growing up listening to him doing that and then finding out um, that he had just done the Holmes novels, I, I had to go through them. Mm. And yeah, it brings the same energy and commitment to that. Absolutely. And it's 77 hours well spent. Like, Is it 77? I think, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's something like at least that. At least that's the the last few numbers it said on my Audible. I can. Uh, oh, I was going to circle back and start listening to them. I might put it up to double speed now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, do it. <laughs> yeah, seventy-seven hours. That would be amazing, wouldn't it? <laughs> It'd be an entirely different house like as well. Okay, no. The Muppets version, uh, not the Muppets, the, uh, the 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 Chipmunks version. Although the oh, Muppets man, version, that'd be amazing. The Muppets version it? would be amazing. Oh. That'd be amazing. <laughs> How about you, Mick? Uh, Brett, without fail, because it was my formative years. Basically, was where you know I heard of the Basil Rathbones and all that kind of stuff yeah. from the films and what have you. But it was it was all that was what I saw growing up. You know, I sort yeah. of like discovered the books and the stories. And, you know, very quickly circling back to Star Holmes is like Star Wars. Everybody's heard of it, not everybody's mm. seen it. Yeah. Um, but they know of it. And it just so happened that came out. Um, and that was sort of like, and he's, he is what he is in the book. You know, it's the one where not only was the costumes and the scripting and everything, the characters, they really went out of the way. And, he was kind of, this is just for me, but, mm. you know, that moment when you read something mm. and then the actor comes on and the voice doesn't match, he mm. was the voice that was in my head prior to seeing yeah. him on the screen. Yeah. yeah. He was that voice. Absolutely. Nice. I, I I had the same thing the with, uh, you know, the scene from The Adventure of the Speckled Band where Sherlock bends the, uh, sorry, straightens out the uh, the poker. The poker. It, it, the, it, that was the exact way I pictured it in, in, in my head the, the very first time I read it. So that's that's when I knew he was my first love. Um, <laughs> is that the one where he does the weird little skipping jump at the end? Or yeah. is that later? 
Oh, it is the speckle bond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, oh! it's... <laughs> yeah. happy days and freeze frame. It's it's great. That's all it needs is the just the the high five. <laughs> Always reminds me of Family Guy at the end when Peter gets stuck in the air. He's like, Lois, oh, I can't get down. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. But listen, guys, thank you very much for for joining us. Um, I encourage that's everyone that's been. It's yeah, thank my you genu- for having us. My my genuine pleasure. I uh, it's people who've who've known of my work known that I mean I I don't work work as vocally in uh, in mentalism as much these days. I, I work in the security field, uh, putting it putting it to you. So that's that's pretty much where most of these people come from. But those who are aware of my work certainly know how dear uh, mentalism is to me and it's it's great to have two awesome dudes like yourself on to tell people you know why why sherlock should at least be considered uh, as as some level of importance towards how they work you know it doesn't in that it doesn't have to be a direct carbon copy but definite yeah. definite definitely influential because of what he stands for as a character, as 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 a, as an exponent of certain methods and techniques, and taking advantage of the information that's given to you all already to create something awesome for those who are lucky enough to get you as as their performers. So yeah, it's it's been great to have you guys, and it's been it's been a real treat for for me as well to 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 get back into. Uh, what you know we, nobody's done a done a trick or anything but what feels a bit like a jam jam session yeah. albeit 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 a sherlock jam session but yeah. that's still that's still a jam session all the same um so yeah that's i been think very you cool. mean the best type of jam session <laughs> definitely, definitely. <laughs> that's that's what it is next time ruskin deer stalkers on corner done that's 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 do, do we have to do it in the ruskin though <laughs> no, for anybody that doesn't, yeah, for anybody that doesn't know, the Ruskin is the only bar in the world where, on Valentine's Day, you can walk into the back room and see two grown men argue about what color rope you should use and how long your wand needs to be. <laughs> I saw that yeah. that argument lasted three hours. Wow, wow! Magicians um... are assholes. Yeah, that, I mean that's that's mostly why I've stepped as far away as I possibly can from the community. Uh, but th- there was a there was a conversation that I have over overheard one year. It was it was card guys. The, uh, is it cardistry? It's called with all the fancy shuffles and the like. Oh, uh, juggling. Yeah, yeah, something like that. Anyway, th- those type of guys, the the, the verts and and, the, and those uh, those people, Dan and Dave Buck, that type of thing. And oh yeah. I I heard um uh, one guy say uh say to another guy as a point of interest uh, how far he should stick his little finger into the bottom like, <laughs> and that, I, that, that absolutely ruined me <laughs> just because and I'm guessing neither of them laughed neither of them laughed it was a it was like a it was like a, a serious bone of contention in terms of how far you should actually put it in the bottom and like because my 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 sense of humor is juvenile at best yeah absolutely broke me absolutely broke me it was one of the funniest things i'd heard that entire weekend it and surely brilliant. the question is how many fingers is appropriate <laughs> exactly <laughs> exactly does it depend on the deck exactly <laughs> it all depends on how many decks you've handled that day right <laughs> right guys if uh, for those of you listening i hope everyone's staying safe safe and well, well out there don't forget to subscribe to the channel if you haven't already and all of that other 21st century stuff um 
Thanks for tuning in, and uh, we'll uh, we'll see you next Friday. Cheers, Bye. guys. Bye. Bye.